everyone, Delphina here to tell you that the digital versions of Sombulus Books 1 through 3 are now available at delphina.itch.io. It's a nice little way to get started on my wacky world-hopping adventure story and enjoy Sombulus on your digital devices. And of course, if you'd like those sweet, sweet print copies, you can also visit sombulus.com store. Thanks so much and enjoy the episode. Welcome to Screen Tones, where we talk anything and everything webcomics. Today, we're going to be talking about action and all the heart-pounding, fast-paced, explosive details that go into making action sequences really quick. My name is Crispy, my pronouns are she, they, and I make the webcomic Ghost Junk Sickness. And I'm Varathane, my pronouns are she, they, and I make the webcomics Geralt and Witchwood. And I am Rennie. I use she, they pronouns as well. And I make the webcomic Kate Blast. So first things first, what makes an action scene? Uh, There's such a huge category of like things that kind of fall into this. It could be a chase scene with the gang going after the big MacGuffin, a magic battle on the top of a mountain. It could be a few characters in a tense shootout, a duel between rivals or a huge battleground and everything in between. So today we're going to talk about it. So I guess uh, what I want to ask you guys is what what is your usual thought process when you're diving in and planning an action scene? How do you go about constructing it for sort of the maximum impact and flow? I'm always like, hype, 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 hype. <laughs> hype train. Yes. Uh, action is one of my absolute favorite things to write. All of our comics uh, include just over the top action whenever I can kind of fit it in. I mean, drama's there, but, you know, action. Um, And so when we're kind of like thinking of, you know, an action sequence, there's always going to be a point to it because it's just like, you know, like anything in a story, it's got to have a narrative purpose. So, um, you know, it could be something like we're going to use this action sequence to show um, uh, an example from Ghost Junk, uh, Trigger meeting his ex again. And so they're going to chase a bounty while kind of displaying those dynamics of him being so recluse doesn't want anything to do with it and her being extremely over the top bogmouth his ex uh rambunctious and kind of you know again displaying those character traits um when planning them i always like to start out with our thumbnails storyboarding and kind of get a sense of like what's the momentum we want to go for um what are like poses that we really want to have in these moments um, I remember one of the action sequences where Trigger from Ghost Junk Sickness is chasing a bounty. Uh, we wanted to do a mini parody <laughs> of the Akira bar- bike slide and have that in there. Uh, he doesn't do it successfully at all. It's absolutely very, very clumsy. Rip. But, there- <laughs> but there's just moments uh, where you have some of those specific shots in mind. 
And when you have stuff like that, I find that it's really easy to kind of bridge to get to those kind of points. Again, why thumbnailing and storyboarding slashes is kind of very important to get that flow and understand the beats. Um, So just kind of having those specific moments in mind, uh, the purpose in mind, um, and kind of that build up in between so that you can kind of get that absolute maximum impact and purpose and feeling from those um, those scenes those sequences (laughs) (laughs) yeah action is like it's it's so good for kind of delivering a lot of like a lot of stuff in like the most intense and impactful way and it can tell you a lot about how your characters like do problem solving in very high stakes situations uh and it's just great for having lots of flashy action shots that are good for marketing um not that i think about that as i'm doing these things no Um, certainly not (laughs) since uh since all the stories that i kind of work on they're in that realm of like high uh high octane fantasy and sci-fi um the a lot of my storytelling is kind of a build-up towards action uh and i kind of see it like a cycle like i'll spend a lot of time kind of building up tension and then when the action comes it's like the release of the tension and then the aftermath and so on. Uh, and then when I'm actually in the action scene itself, it's kind of like, all right, what is this doing for like the plot? And what is it doing for the characters? Like, what are the big beats that I want to to nail in this sequence? Am I going to show somebody like choking at like the most critical moment or like uh, having a an intense reaction to something that's going on during the during the sequence itself? Um, and it's just, it's a lot of fun to kind of break out of patterns that have been established previously, uh, both in terms of like the story itself, like disrupting the status quo, but also that tends to be the, the best excuse to change up the visual stylings of the panels themselves. Like if uh, I, I personally, I tend to do a lot of grid layout pages where I'll have like that three rows of two panels each. And uh, when I hit an action scene, I I really try to kind of push myself to to break those up and have panels that like lots of cut-ins or they flow into one another. The panel borders get like very angled and diagonal to kind of uh, emphasize the movement and allow it to flow more freely from one panel to another. Because when you are in an action sequence, that flow of the action itself, that like uh, that you're kind of guiding the the reader through is in in my opinion it's one of the most important things to kind of keep keep uh keep it going and keep that adrenaline and uh the the pace consistent or not consistent per se because having it having moments that speed up or slow down that you can kind of zoom in on that really impactful beats um is is really useful but you want to make sure that those are motivated like those changes in tempo Otherwise, it might start to feel jerky or confusing or like a little too slow. It's complicated. It's a fun challenge. One of the things that I always want to tell uh, creators who are tackling kind of these uh, fight scenes is to always look for references. Look at other comics that have done action scenes that really impacted you too. Because sometimes, I mean, sometimes all the time, uh, it can be very intimidating coming up to something that needs to be so monumentous and like, you know, impactful to the reader and to hit those kind of beats like, you know, 
it's really good to kind of get some study material to to understand like okay what exactly about this action scene uh in this comic was done in such a way that i'm remembering it or i'm going back to it and stuff like that so it's just really good to keep in mind to get those kind of inspirations keep them beside um you when you kind of do them i know that rennie um we'll probably cover that as she has some books beside her right now <laughs> while doing an action scene <laughs> i got a stack of like uh like six different volumes of chrono crusade i've got the eva manga i buy uh manga and other comics that i like specifically for like the way they do their fights and i always keep that stack next to me when i'm thumbnailing these mm-hmm. scenes gotta gotta give us some foley of flipping through the pages rennie Yes. Oh, that's comic ASMR. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Chrono Crusade, volume three. Oh, <laughs> uh, but it's funny you mentioned tempo because like I-, I do all the things that, that Crispy and Thane mentioned as far as sort of thinking about sort of what is the point of the action scene? Wh- what are the beat that we want to hit? What's the cool pose or the cool thing that you want to show the most? But the thing I think about more than anything else is how does it flow and what is the speed of which this scene is going? I like to think of action scenes for me when paired with like a soundtrack of some kind. I, I write my action scenes very much inspired by like 80s, 90s anime. So I like to th- get in that headspace of, okay, what is the track going in the background? What is the speed of which that is going? Um, and how does the rise fall, you know, the, the crescendo, where are the crescendos, um, in the scene where, you know, you have the quiet moment where the, the hero is about to lose and then the crescendo where they, you know, rise up and sort of, you know, punch the baddie in the face, you know, you have to think about where those things hit. And I liked, love to use music as sort of a way for me to sort of process that because it's sort of in, it's in a vacuum. It, it can be a little hard to navigate sort of where the the pacing is because you can get you get like a, like this is a problem in a lot of manga and, and it is I've seen it in some 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 comics as well where it's like it just a fight scene will go on for like a hundred pages and then by then you're like okay I get it let's move on we've seen this like a thousand times and you have to so that if pairing it with something to keep the movement going um is so so critical when i was doing uh, a big train fight scene in chapter three of kate blast uh i actually paired it with a cover with an intensio epic movie trailer uh version of crazy train and that sort of helped me keep things going of okay the train is moving how does it, how, how do they interact with this environment i think that note about um action scenes that kind of go go on a little they overstay their welcome or they become repetitive is uh it tends to be one of the hallmarks of discovery writing where you kind of hit a sequence and you have this feeling like, Oh yeah, here comes the fight scene. I'm going to write a fight scene now, but it hasn't been fully planned in advance. Uh, And I found that in my own writing, speaking as someone who in Geralt, I I entered an action scene that I had not fully planned. And a hundred pages later, I was like, Hmm, maybe I should be figuring out where I'm going with all this. (laughs) Oh Um, no. It, I mean, I, I'm I'm pleased with how that sequence specifically came out, but it definitely has made me start to recognize in other works as I'm reading them, if I realize that there's a lot of kind of uh, turning the tables 
repeatedly like now character a is on top now character b is on top now character a is on top there's a certain pattern to some of these things and if it repeats itself too many times without concretely moving the plot forward or really telling me something new i feel like that's a sign that this scene was not planned in advance uh and probably should be like kind of drafted uh you gotta like sit down with these things and figure out like okay where is this action going to peak and what is the outcome that I want and how am I going to build towards that? Because at a certain point, the readers will start to check out. It's to use the music analogy. It's like when the record, when the record starts skipping, you got to check in and be like, okay, is this working? <laughs> uh, and uh, the other thing I did want to like say about sort of the way I, I interpret, you know, going at my fight scenes too is you know my work is a magical girl work magical girl stories or magic stories in general can are really based around the transformation specifically for magical girls and the powers and the way those interact with the environment so i also like when i'm writing action scenes i will draw out on a map as if it was like a DD map or a DD board the environment in which the the scene is the action scene is taking place so that I can visualize, okay, how is this interacting with what is going on? Um, Cause if you just put two people in, in the middle of an empty room, they're just going to punch each other. And that's, you know, sometimes interesting, but if you put them in a room and you know that there is a lantern up there that, uh, and a bar that has that is littered with um, with like bottles and things, you know that you can just be like, okay, when they get punched here, they get they get punched into the bar, they grab a bottle, smash it over, and it becomes more interesting because you've planned out and thought out this environment. Um, and a cool thing that you can do is if your comic is set in real life, you can go to a place like if it's if you have a scene a fight scene in a, a magical library, even if it's like. A, f- a fantasy library just go to your local library get a feel for how what it's like in there even if it's not apples to apples um i happen to have the benefit of i set my comic in the city in which i live so i can go out and take pictures so i'm currently making a fight scene at a, a unspecified location in the city and i went out to the location and took pictures <laughs> so it's it's so important to get a feel for the environment in which the scene takes place I think it's a really good point, too, because, like, you know, sometimes when you have scenes that include the action, um, details get lost and readers get lost in the details that aren't placed, too. So it's always good to kind of help remind your readers where they are, what they're doing and stuff like that. Um, When I'm kind of doing action, like Rennie was saying, um, starting to map to kind of being like, where are my characters going to be? I'm going to pinpoint their locations. Where are they going to fly if they do in any of these battles? Or what are they going to use in the environments to kind of help, uh, you know, with their whole fight sequence and whatnot? Um, we've done that a lot in Ghost Junk where uh, because there is a team of two, I get to um, be in charge of a lot of concept art. So I have the time to kind of um, draw out the entire scene draw some props that are going to be used against or with or whatever the characters um so it's also really good to help again place those characters in that environment with things that you've either specifically uh taken pictures of or uh 
created as a reference. And it's just, again, it's just a really good and easy way to kind of pinpoint exactly what's going on, where it's happening and whatnot. So I really enjoyed that as a uh, little tip. Yeah, I feel like when it comes to action sequences, in a way, uh, it it's almost more important than ever to kind of really pay attention to some of the basic fundamentals of paneling, um, like the uh, the 180 degree rule and trying to include establishing shots, like kind of at, at least one at the beginning of a scene, and then a little bit of like a background kind of on every subsequent page just to keep the readers grounded. And um, I I cannot remember the source on this, but I remember hearing at one point that like in terms of comic comic paneling best practices, every page should include um, at least one uh, close up, at least one like uh, panel that includes some background details and at least one shot that includes people's hands and at least one shot that shows people's feet. And I mean like anything you can kind of take that with a grain of salt but it's just something to kind of think about if you're trying to vary up the uh, camera angles that you're including like how do you decide what to put in each panel per page it's a good way to give the readers enough information to follow what's happening which in action sequences stuff gets confusing things are flying around at high speeds so you want to you want to help them out and let them keep track of things the there someone i forget where i heard this but someone said that the average reader spends about 5 to 6 seconds per panel reading when they're reading it and taking it in and i can i, feel like I, that's ha- I have to imagine that's one pretty generous and two gets slashed in half when it comes to fight scenes cuz the the action moves so quickly uh, you can definitely I, uh, have those establishing shots show the, you know the environment, but like if like don't feel bad to have like a panel that's just the background is just a gradient. It's an action scene. People are going to be spending two, the the point is on what the person is doing in the panel. Don't spend ten hours drawing an intricate uh, you know basement that for a panel that someone's only going to spend a second reading for you know. <laughs> yeah I, f- I feel like when when it comes to things like include a background on every page when it comes to action scenes even if the background is just like uh, two lines to indicate where the window is or like if there's a prop that's important to the layout uh the the most important thing is letting the reader keep track of kind of where the characters are in relation to one another especially if they make like a big move, like someone runs all the way across the room, like, okay, now where are they? Are they standing to the left? Like if you show the other character looking very quickly off to the side, are they looking quickly off to the side in the direction of their opponent or something different? Cause this can be very important in terms of how the reader is going to interpret that motion. And it's interesting. We're already getting into this kind of territory. So I'm going to kind of jump into our next question, which is what are some of the stumbling blocks or challenges you found when it comes to action scenes in your own story or common issues you've noticed in other works or in your own story too? So I guess like one, one pitfall that you can like run into that I've seen a lot. I've run into it a bit in my own work too is when you're sort of like working with the dynamics of a fight, there needs to be some kind of movement narratively as well. Um, And you have to be able to use that narrative movement to show what is, what the characters are feeling. Cause there's more to just getting punched in the face than just getting punched in the face. 
um, is it maybe on the first page you have someone who's angry and the other person's hurt because the person's angry or then you know it moves into uh you know person you know more determined and you know sort of a shift in the balance of the fight um or some kind of change in where they become more desperate um you have to be able to show the emotions in the fight and it has to sort of move from page to page and a good place to do that is on the page turn, which is something that is like very, you know, very common in your know, sort of that term in the trad comics world or in traditional web comics where it's page to page to page um, is what are you leaving the reader on the last panel of the page? And what does that lead into on the first panel of the next page? Um, so you really need to think about that in fight scenes specifically because things are moving so fast that if you don't tee those two together, you can get, you can lose readers, you know, sort of focus or understanding of the scene between the page turn. Um, I've read so much comics like that, where I've like turned the page and I've gone, okay, wait, where are we? Did I miss a page? And I flip back and forth and I have to do that. Um, so it's very important to sort of tie those two pages together. One of the things that, I don't even know if we still have. We probably still have because brain small. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, When writing our action sequences is that um, Space and I are really, really, really into action sequences. It's been a thing growing up. We've been obsessed with them. Um, I was so going to name drop the movie. I refuse to. Um, Do it. No. (laughs) I can't. (laughs) <laughs> I can't. Um, but uh, being so influenced by movies that won't be named um, about these action sequences kind of, in a way, has tainted a little bit of how we used to approach them in that they um, they went on without a purpose and they went on to just to look flashy. And it looks flashy, um, but rereading it, could be boring or even reading it the first time could be boring too so there needs to be a purpose to these fight scenes because having a uh, fight scene after fight scene just being flashy or a weapons exhibition can actually be very very exhausting to go through um, so one really awesome thing to look about when doing uh, writing action scenes is to develop the characters that are involved in these scenes and like Renny said having those shift in dynamics and having a purpose on each page or you know the 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 scroll of a panel um makes sense to what it's doing narratively um i had mentioned before when we were talking about um the first question about ghost junk having some of the action scenes be a telling of reactions to other characters how how seeing their dynamics have changed over the years and confronting them not wanting to be involved or being very sloppy about it because of you know said dynamics so it's a really good opportunity to kind of play with these things and that way in sense doesn't make them as intimidating or as kind of hard to read when you don't have like a narrative um I was going to say Final Fantasy Advent Children. It's a movie that was done to be very flashy. And I was definitely absorbed by the flash. Um, But it's also very, very boring to go through uh, when you're not into ninja tournaments anymore. You're just like, okay, 
I see how your weapon works. And that's about it. Looks flashy. Though, there's the same thing in a lot of like, and this is a, this could be a whole other diatribe where it's like the, the uh, studio trigger uh, movies and shows are very much that, you know, you know, it's all flashy and yeah. vibes based. And uh, you can sometimes lose the narrative in that. And the substance. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's that's the thing. Because the flash becomes bigger than the substance. Yeah. I think something that tends to get lost when these things focus too much on the flash over the substance is like what the stakes are to the characters that are involved in it. Because that tends to be what kind of hooks the audience in is knowing what it means to like the protagonist, like what, what is this fight to them or, you know, the character that you're kind of rooting for or following, like, or they, is it, they're trying to find their family or they're trying to survive or like, they've got to have some sort of goal. And that goal being clear is one of the most important things to keeping that like audience emotional investment uh, when the reader is going through it, and if you lose, if they lose track of that, then it doesn't matter how flashy the fight sequence is; it's kind of just meaningless. And it was definitely something that, uh, like I said before, I, I fell into a lot in my older works because um, a lot of my stuff was very inspired by like fighting games, and you know, just generally being super flashy. I used to love making weapons specifically for characters and be like oh yeah like at one point in the comic we're gonna see like flashy exposition of i don't know trigger fighting ninjas who knows he does not do that he wishes and it's it's, it has no bearing to the actual plot and you know i've seen i've experienced and i used to like stories that had like the flashiness and flashiness is not bad like I said, I was very inspired by it, but I like it as a treat. I like to be like, wow, okay, we went to this moment. And I like to think of it like a volcano and we're building up to the explosion of this so that it feels like, oh man, this is so impactful. And this really left an impression on me because one of the things that I found when watching that movie uh, was that it was back to back to back to back to back exposition on how everybody fought in their styles. But there are moments that I just don't even remember. I've watched that movie like 17 times and I'll be like, oh, yeah. Uh, anyway, brain just glazes. Banana. <laughs> Banana. <laughs> I think. I think uh, if if uh, if any of the listeners out there want a really good deep dive on uh, narrative and action and having those two tie together, go and watch the H Bomber Guy uh, Ruby video uh, because that video dives so much into how these two intertwine and how you can really lose the forest and the trees. Yeah, that video is so good for like so many levels of like narrative analysis, uh, the world building comments too. I think if we didn't recommend it during our world building episode, like we we were thinking about it. <laughs> um, so on on the subject of action sequences, again, specifically something else that can be really useful uh, and kind of that action sequences are great for is showing how the characters problem solve. Uh, which can say a lot about them. Uh, so if a certain character is trying to like fast talk their way out of it, 
or if they're trying to use their wits to kind of dodge around and like utilize their environment to just get out of there or if their reaction to being threatened is just to kind of wait in there and start smashing like that tells you a lot of important things about a character in like these these kind of situations and it can be a lot of fun to watch that happening um something when it comes to drawbacks in action sequences something that uh i touched on earlier is is that kind of repetition like when the fight kind of enters like a cycle and it feels like the same beat is just kind of happening over and over um i feel like that's that's the thing that that uh drags on me the most but there is uh there's another type of problem that action sequences can have uh I, I see this more in movies than in web comics, honestly, but uh, it's when the outcome of the fight is a foregone conclusion or or the action sequence or whatever. Like if there's a single MacGuffin that the entire plot hinges on and say the the main characters have it and then it gets like pickpocketed out of them and now they turn around and they have to chase the thief, you know immediately that the outcome of this is that they are going to catch that thief um there's not really any doubt in your mind about it because if there's no other way for the plot to progress other than the main characters having the MacGuffin, then either they catch the thief right now or the thief gets away and the next scene is going to be them tracking the thief and then catching up with them later so there's no there's no tension anymore and no matter how many like cool parkour sequences they show of like the thief ducking around a corner and now the character has to like jump a fence and run across a fountain or something like that you know they're going to catch them and as a watcher you're just kind of rolling your eyes and be like just get to it just get to it i know where this is going i want to i want to see what happens next this is the same plot beat that you're dragging out for 10 minutes the only action scene i will forgive doing that is the the last scene in uh rogue one uh star wars rogue one not gonna say it because it's spoilers but for as well as for a 10 year old movie, but go watch it. It's good. <laughs> uh, I do feel like there, there are exceptions to like some of these things, like um, specifically having an action sequence that is just action for the sake of itself. Um, and the, the biggest exception that comes to mind is like Kung Fu movies, especially the, like the Jackie Chan oh, yeah. breed where there's just so much like delight in the choreography and like half the charm is you're watching like a real person kind of doing these things. So it's harder to get away with that sort of thing in comics. Uh, you kind of have to be really, really over the top creative with every choice in how your characters are using their environment and getting around. But it, it can be done. You know what? One of my absolute favorite moments or examples of amazing action sequences are Kung Fu Panda. OMG. Oh, yeah. Gosh. So good. Kung Fu Panda is great because there's a lot of like narrative substance that goes along with it. And they're fun fights. They use a lot of their environment and they're traveling through uh, the places that they go to to have these moments too. And it's very like fast paced, it's enjoyable to watch, and you're still having a story along with it. And that's that's kind of that sweet spot that you want to hit. You want to have that that narrative involvement when you're doing something that, again, flashy is fun when it's done right. Um, and and when that's paired with that, that's like oh, 
chef's kiss. That's something I'm going to remember. That's something I'm going to look back to fondly with that um, example and whatnot. Definitely impacts me. Love Kung Fu Panda. I uh, actually also have uh, a, a very recent favorite when it comes to action sequences, which is the film Everything Everywhere All at Once that just came out this year. Heck yes. Uh, oh my gosh, the action is so creative. I will never look at a fanny pack the same way again. <laughs> um, <laughs> one of my one of my favorite things that it does in it is it'll it'll use like stakes and setting up the goals of the characters in like really inventive ways. Like there's a whole, like there's an extremely tense, like edge of your seat sequence where kind of the big question is, will a character be able to give himself a paper cut between each finger in time? It's like, it's just good. It's very, very clever. I love it. So I guess like we're reaching sort of the, the end of this, uh, this little little episode. Uh, and I guess uh, do, do either of you have any other tips that you want to want to give out for for selling those action scenes? Heck, yes. Um, exaggeration is your best friend. Um, there's lots of like really good places to get some resources on um, any kind of posing and stuff like that. But keep in mind that it's really good to exaggerate said poses too to kind of avoid any of the stiffness and the action and stuff like that and exaggerating really helps like limbs throw themselves forward um i don't know that the impact of a hit really look like it's super hitting and stuff like that um so it's 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 really good to kind of keep that in mind to be like you know here's the pose that i'm looking up of a person punching a person but how do i push that I think that it really helps make for those dynamic um, moments. And I think one thing that's very good to keep in mind for that is uh, think about where the center of mass is on the body at that moment. Um, so like when you're like sort of leaning forward and punching, it's more hanging, the center of mass is somewhere, somewhere in front of the chest. So like that's where all the motion should be heading towards. And you can really sell that with, you know, action and motion lines, but, don't go too too heavy too hard on the motion lines because those can get pretty distracting if you get too many of those but definitely be thinking about center of mass and as always look at some of the favorite um comics that have really impacted you with the action scenes so you can know exactly how they have set up even storyboards for like animation or movies and stuff like that like looking at how they kind of like went through that uh motion really really helps kind of help uh, really helps plan that out for yourself and visualize the understanding of an action scene with impact yeah, storyboards can be really good to look at, but uh, it it is uh, worth kind of being cautious about how much you break down the actions because storyboards for animation have to show kind of every in-between stage of like, you know, a character reaching out to pick up their coffee cup or something like that. And you really don't need to show five different poses for that in, in a comic. Um, so you might find that you don't need to use as many shots for things as in the storyboards that you're looking at, but they can have some very good uh, camera angles and use of like scene flow to, to reference. Uh, another, another good thing is to pay attention to the, the reading flow through your page. Like uh, if you thumbnail them in advance, which I definitely recommend uh, like just draw out small versions of each page kind of as you want the layout to look and uh, as you're as you're drawing them, think about 
what order you want the the reader to kind of go through the panels in and you can draw like a red line kind of through the page to to kind of keep track of these things uh and make sure you have important elements flowing into one another at least on some level to to guide them heck yes that eyeball movement well um i think that this is a goat cheese arugula and grilled pepper wrap um, Ooh, yum <laughs> yeah uh i am Verathane. uh you can find my work at charalt.sevensmith.net or at witchwoodcomic.com and i'm Rennie, and you can find my work at katesblast.com i'm crispy you can find my work at ghostjunksickness.com I want a goat cheese wrap. Thank you for listening to Screen Tones, a webcomic podcast. Want to know some other ways to support us? Check out our Kofi at ko-fi.com slash screentonescast, where your support will help us create more episodes, reach cool extra bonus goals, and keep us talking about anything and everything webcomics. You can also find us on Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, and our Discord server. Thank you so much for listening, sharing, rating, and supporting, and we'll see you next time.